It is going to be a long, slow recovery. One Fed speaker reckons try two years plus. Still, that is not as painful as the fall in equities will have been for the recent wave of retail investors pushing prices to all-time highs. That is until today because we've had big drops, particularly in tech stocks. Jobs are taking a long time to come back, and so is shopping. Even though we all need new clothes to adjust to our new COVID-era body mass index. It's Friday, the 4th of September, 2020. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. All right, well, equities can't keep rising when there's a pandemic on, as the overnight session has just proven. A 5.5% fall in the NASDAQ, 4% down for the S&P 500, 3.3% down for the Dow. We did call it irrational exuberance uh, yesterday. Not quite so severe in Europe, a 1.5% fall in the FTSE 100, 1% down for the Eurostox 50. The VIX volatility index is up to 35, which is the highest it's been since mid-July. 10-year Treasury yields, not much movement in bonds, actually, down two basis points, not much at all in uh, yield in Europe. Uh, All that happened, of course, 24 hours ago in Europe. Uh, We saw the moves then. The US dollar hasn't moved much either. It was up a little. Now it's down a little. But we have had a 0.9% fall in the Aussie dollar, uh, actually the worst hit of the majors. The pound is down 0.6%. The euro is pretty flat. Uh, Dave DeGaris is here, Director Economics for Markets at NAB in London. Uh, So we're not going to get too emotional, Dave, because this is your last appearance on the morning call for almost a month. So uh, I'll try to hold back the tears. <laughs> going out with a bang, and uh, the US stocks have certainly taken a hit. Uh, could it be, do you think, I'm just going to throw this out there, mm-hmm. could, it be, could it be that they were a little overpriced, do you think? Could that be something to do with it? Possibly, Phil, possibly. Um, <laughs> so let, let's just consider a couple of facts here. The first is, of course, the last few weeks has been the, the summer season. So mm. volumes have been light in the summer season so a, thi- a thin market when you know has pushed yeah. the market up and um we've seen obviously you know the, the the selling has really been concentrated on the on the tech sector today so yeah you know, apple down nearly eight percent amazon six uh netflix five and a quarter but um, facebook five and a half it's interesting that facebook also announced today phil that it was going to be blocking political ads uh, in the lead up to the election, the election. so yeah. I'm yeah. sure they, they they've got notice in the in the White House, but um, Apple is still up um, an eye glazing seventy percent so far this year. Amazon eight over around eighty, and Netflix yeah, there's a, there, 60, there could be a so. lot a lot. Absolutely, could be a lot of big corrections still to come. I mean, if we uh, if we look at the uh, so point in the FT today, saying if you take the five biggest companies in the United States, and we know who they mm. are, you've just mentioned them, and they've got a combined value of $8 trillion, trading yes. at 44 times their expected earnings, which is yes. uh, way more than shares were at the, 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 the ratio was at the height of the dot-com bubble. So yes. I wonder whether we've got more to come. Well, b- well, bonds are trading at like uh, 200 times their, yeah. um, their yield, aren't they? So, um, yeah. Yeah, and just that, that, that in context. And, of course, some of those shares, I mean, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, Facebook, you would have expected them to all do well during the pandemic, mm. right? So they've certainly been beneficiaries of... Uh, of the episode that we're going through right now. So Ray talked about the influx of uh, retail investors using apps like uh, Mm. Robinhood, which has seen small investors Mm. pile in. Uh, So today could be a bit of a reality. Interestingly, uh, Robinhood itself is worth 50% more than it was at the start of the pandemic as well. So maybe it's (laughs) going to be a victim of its own success. But I mean, could we we get a stage now where we get professional investors sort of driving this correction through and, uh, you know, wiping out, horrible word to use, but wiping out these 
these opportunistic retail investors. Yes. I mean, they could get a, a nasty dose of, of medicine, couldn't they? Yes. Well, I mean, it, it's easy when it's just one-way traffic, isn't it? But when mm. momentum shifts uh, and pretty suddenly it just, um, you know, the cook, you know, it, uh, it engenders a pretty uh, savage sort of emotional reaction unless you've been trading in the market for a long time and you know your levels, you preset what your execution levels are and so forth. But, um, you know, for first timers in the market can be uh, a pretty heady experience, certainly has been that way today. It has. Has anything triggered it? I mean, we had a couple of bits of news, haven't we? We had the uh, the non-manufacturing ISM for for the US. Did that play a part in this, in this change of heart? Because... Uh, it did slide a little in, in August, didn't it? Not, um, not, not as much, you know, d- d- yeah, it was down to, what was it, down from 67.2 in July to 62.4 in August for business activity. Of course, it's still growing. Mm. It's been growing for the third month in a row, growing, mm. but not as much as people had expected. So uh, it's a, another sign of a bit of a slowdown, perhaps. Maybe, if anything, I think that um, oh, the, the reading there, Phil, obviously was down a little bit. As you were saying, you're quoting the business activity mm. index, and the headline was down from 581 56.9. It's still, I mean, at face value, it's still a very solid reading. It's still expanding. Um, the one, and orders were still pretty upbeat. The one, um, the yeah. one, uh, sobering fact is that, uh, as we've seen across Europe, uh, the employment index continue to track below 50. So, um, you know, it's telling you about the uh, the level of activity there. It's improving, but improving still from a low base. So there's still a lot of catch-up to take place. I don't think that was it. Um, we haven't seen equity markets and bonds react big time to economic numbers in size for, for a period of time. That, 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 that will come, but I think it's still very much mm. virus news, um, what central banks are doing and uh, any forward guidance there. Um, so, uh, no, it wasn't really the, uh, the the numbers today. We also had uh, Charles Evans, didn't we, not painting a particularly uh, rosy picture from the mm, Chicago mm. Fed, saying what all everyone, everyone has said from the Fed, that we need uh, more government yes. stimulus, it's not happening, saying that perhaps further easing of monetary policy. He said he doesn't see US output getting back to where it was until late 2022, yes. more than yes. two years away. Do you remember some of those earlier projections when this is all going to be finished by Easter and... Um you know, by the by the by the third <laughs> quarter, we'd back on be back on the straight and narrow again. So, mm. I look to be fair, no one knows, but I um, mean, certainly, you know, we're well into the year now. We're three quarters of the way through this year, and already a lot of people are suspecting this is going to carry forward in some shape into next year. I mean, if the, if the vaccine comes, and the news on that has been promising but not definitive yet. Yeah, um, and you know, that we're going to be have, a game changer. But even then, yeah, we're going to have a go reality check, aren't we, on the arrival of, of the uh, of the vaccines? I mean, Donald Trump is saying uh, beginning of November. Well, that's that's, uh, that's uh, not going to uh, happen, is it? Absolutely, and I think the companies themselves have got their reputations at stake. So it's not just a political decision. Decision, um, it, you know, it's going to be a uh, you know a science based decision and a management decision in the end, and then of course. You know, when he says rolling out, uh, you know, what does that actually mean? How quickly will the do- doses be available? So forth. So, yeah, we, let's let's track the news as it comes yeah. out. On that now, one. look, uh, let's get back to unemployment because uh, we had the jobless claims in the United yes. States overnight as well, from over one million a week to uh, less than one million, eight hundred eighty-one thousand new claims for for last yes. week. 
uh, quite a fall in continuing jobless claims as well. So that, I mean, that, yes. that seems good, doesn't it? Until, you know, we still see that we've got 13.2 million continuing jobless claims. The, the worst it got to was 24.5 million at its at its peak. But of course, you know, at the, at the start of the year, we were looking at 1 million. Yes. So uh, we're still a long, long way, way from that. Absolutely. We've become our uh, a bit, um, you know, we see these numbers of, you know, around a million or a bit less than a million and you think, oh, well, you know, things are gradually are getting better, right? Yeah. But it's still a million yeah. people, additional people, you know, getting get, yeah. doing first-time claims. And when you dig into this number, Phil, um, the, the statisticians did a big change this week by introducing a new seasonal adjustment methodology, and they've only applied that methodology to the very latest observation. So you've really got a break in the series. So everyone's wondering, is it worse? Is it better? And as you said, the numbers are still very big. And uh, when you add on the um, uh, pandemic unemployment assistance claims, you know, for uh, self-employed, for gig workers and so forth, which actually rose by 152,000 this week to 759,000, although that's not seasonally adjusted for what that's worth. Um, but the various, and yeah, all the, all the programs up, it's still around the 28 to 29 million mark. So, yeah, yeah. still uh, talking somewhere around 17% of the workforce. Well, we'll get a few more numbers to play with, won't we, as well tonight, because we get non farm payrolls. Uh, so, will we see unemployment dip below 10%? I guess that is the big question. But also, you know, an yes. interesting thing I, I think to look at would be uh, the, the number of people on temporary layoff. So that was because they break that down. That was that peaked at mm. eight, 18 million in April. It was down yes. to 9.2 million last month, whereas permanent job losers, 2 million yes. in April, that figure has been rising. And that is the big concern, isn't it? As furlough you know, breaks down, the stimulus goes away in America. How many of those temporary job losses become permanent job losses? Yes, indeed. That's also the situation in Europe and the UK and, and, yeah. and, and Australia too, right? But Everywhere. But yeah. we do know that the schemes in Europe, you know, are being extended or being ex- extended as we as we talk right now, the German scheme until the end of next year, France until through the first quarter of next year, Australia likewise, um, and, um, and, and, and Spain uh, press reporting today, that's going to be extended for as long as until the vaccine is available. So is that, so, what's, is that what's helping the euro? Because we, we've seen the, you know, the movement in currencies today, the Aussie dollar, as I said at the, at the top of the show, that, that, that is the biggest casualty in this risk-off mood, even though the US dollar hasn't really moved that much. We've also got the pound well down. Uh, but the euro uh, hasn't moved very much at all. In fact, the euro has been pretty yes. stable throughout August, some, you know, between a, yes. $1.18 and a $1.19. Yes, I, I'm glad you made that point because, you know, we have seen in times past when you've had this risk-off coming back, we've seen money go back towards the US dollar. And we really haven't seen that. I mean, I know we're only talking about 24 hours or so, but as you said, the euro, if anything, is actually up a little bit. Um, Aussie is certainly lower, and that, that may be the, you know, it's it's had a terrific run of, of late, um, So and the commodity story may be weighing on it a little bit, so there is a little bit of that. But it hasn't been a, um, a negative euro pro-US dollar story, if anything, very slightly tilted towards the other way around. So uh, I think the market still understands that, you know, the US stimulus has still got further to run. And, um, you know, the Pelosi and um, Mnuchin seem to have come to an agreement over a stopgap funding measure, but uh, fiscal package remains elusive. 
Yeah, and and yet the in Europe we are seeing uh, stimulus happening. So yes, so I, I would I would say one final thing, Phil, and that is that while the US services PMI was still pretty good reading, we did see we have seen weakness in some of the European ones. So mm, mm. we're probably seeing a bit more response on the ground in Europe from consumers to news of infections, whereas maybe the US consumer is a little bit more. Um, uh, robust in that way or uh, carries on a little bit more rather than pulls back their spending. So that's yeah. certainly been evident. We saw Eurozone retail sales today uh, were actually down by 1.3, whereas the US numbers for July a couple of weeks back were actually up by nearly the yeah. same Got amount. Got to get consumption going again, haven't they? Get, getting get good. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. So Aussie retail sales today, uh, they're not going to be a surprise because we, we sort of already seen uh, early indicators for that. Of course, the Melbourne lockdown start. These are figures for July and the Melbourne lockdown yes. started on the 8th of July. So that'll be heavily reflected in those numbers as well, won't they? Absolutely. So, so the uh, the Victorian numbers you expect to will be weaker and August most likely even yeah. weaker still. Yeah. So, um, All right. And uh, D- Daniel Andrews has said uh, Sunday he's going to present a roadmap for the way out of uh, – yeah. Big day. Way out of Big the lockdown. Day. Big day for Victorians. How do you get out of the lockdown? You just jump Absolutely. on the M1 at Melbourne Park. That's uh, if you, you want to open a map out of the Melbourne <laughs> place, doesn't it? Anyway, that's it. You go off and uh, you enjoy your time. You're having a nice time in the Silly Isles, which seems like a good place to be right now, given that everything is quite silly and you're a long way from anyone down there as well. So excellent social distancing. Social distancing. We'll talk to you in a few weeks, Dave. Will do, Phil. Cheers. Well, let's see what the day brings. I'm back again on Monday morning. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. I'll see you then.